Pump, pump a jam set. Pump it up while the beat is pumping. Stretch that. Behold. Ready for this? Oh, ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. My body's ready. to There's a Sub for That, the front podcast of the internet. I'm one of your hosts, Willie Matten. And I'm the other one, Scott. Scott, you're, you're coming off as the real dad right now. <laughs> you can call me daddy. It's fine. Yes. So fun fact, guys, if you're new to the show, we like to ramble for quite a while. We'll record a show. We'll have a really fun time. But then I cut out all the things that you probably don't want to hear, like us sounding like idiots. Not today. Today, it's all for real. It's real. It's raw. It's real raw. You might say like condoms or, or with sex without condoms. Yeah, this entire podcast is going to be unprotected. All show. right, let's start with the show. We'll save the condom talk for our OnlyFans, where you can also see the rest of the screw ups. But honestly, if you guys want to email us, sub for that podcast at gmail.com, we have genuinely been thinking about what would a paid version of this show look like if you guys wanted to see the raw, uncut version of it. And uh, we think we'd probably host it on an OnlyFans. It seems like the place to be now. And if you're lucky, you'll get to see him between our toes. And the bee. <laughs> Willie, what happened this week on Reddit? When you were growing up, were there anything... Was, it, was there anything that got in your way or made you super fearful and you had the help and support of another person to get you through it? I didn't learn to ride a bike until I was 10 years old. Is that what you're kind of... What was that experience like? What, like? Do you remember when you first learned to ride a bike? Yeah. My parents bought me this no-frills garage sale bike, right? And it just kind of okay. sat in my garage because I was afraid of falling down and falling off. And my parents tried to teach me a couple times, but... I didn't have a lot of friends who also were bike riders in my neighborhood. I didn't have a lot of friends. I know, right. you can relate. So so I just I just didn't have the drive or the motivation to, you know, bust my ass literally to to figure out how to ride a bike until I joined Boy Scouts. And then the truth Those dudes all wanted to teach you how to ride? Pretty much. Thankfully thankfully I had a very nice den mother and father. That's what it was called. For some strange Jesus. I know. Looking back, there was a lot of leather work. Huh. Anyway. For handbags. Anyway, everybody rode bikes and they wanted to go bike riding. So I was, I suddenly had a fire lit under my ass to learn. And yeah, 10 years old, finally got to ride a bike. And it, it sucked, you know, just thinking that I couldn't do it for so long. But the mm -hmm. sense of accomplishment and having my parents just still help me out, even though they could have said like, well, you haven't wanted to ride the bike. Why, why would you want to do that now? Like, you just let it sit there this whole time. You know, no, they weren't assholes. They actually supported me through that. Right. Well, so it's interesting that you were 10 when that happened. So this week on r slash next fucking level, there's a post that's titled Tony Hawk coaches a 12 year old Sky Brown on skating a 100 foot mega ramp. Did you see this video? No, I'm clicking on the link right now. So it, it's a little bit on the longer side. Well, it's not it's not that long. It's about a minute long. The version that is is on that I'm going to link to. So this girl, she's standing at the precipice of a 100 foot ramp that goes down 
into a jump, into a gap. That's what the mega that's what the mega ramp is, right? There's a huge jump at the end. Uh-huh. I'm following. Over the jump, you then have a quarter pipe that you go up and then you come down the other end into like a just kind of a flat surface to slow down. At 12 years old, and, and I, like I don't even know why Tony Hawk's name has to be on this other than he was probably there and an incredible influence, but this girl overcomes her fear and fucking nails it. She takes two approaches. The first time, she gets over the jump and then has to like bail out, lands on her knees and slides. The second time, she makes it over, she lands it and hits the quarter pipe and then ends up sliding at the very end. I mean, for me as an adult, this looks like a daunting task. This looks terrifying. The fact like the drop in, doesn't it just look enormous? Yes, it's 100 feet. Have you ever done like cliff diving or have you ever done anything of that height? Uh, no, I've climbed on mountains and glaciers, but nothing to this effect. I'm not that extreme when it comes to, to my activities outdoors. So I have done, growing up, we would, we would go around the, the boundary waters and there's some cliffs around there, at least before you get into the boundary waters in Minnesota, where you can actually get on a, or get through on a boat. So we had done cliff diving, and I think the highest height I had jumped has to be no more than 20 feet. And even that sounds a bit high. I would say it's probably a little bit lower. Misremembering. It was a three-foot drop. It probably it probably <laughs> was three feet. Just for perspective, a four-story building would be roughly 40 feet. Okay. So this is a ramp that is roughly, now give or take some some space here, is roughly 10 stories tall. Wow. Now, did you read any more about this? Like, how how do you get Tony Hawk to coach you on this type of maneuver? Who is this kid? I, you know, I don't know the specifics there. I'm assuming as like a 12-year-old up-and-comer, he, Tony Hawk has been like a teacher for skateboarding for quite a while since he does have kids around that age. So I'm assuming this is either like an up and comer in kind of like the the teenage skateboarding world or like a friend of his kids. Yeah, it must be. I'm trying to look in the comments. I don't see anything other than praise for that child. I've always been blown away that like growing up, I had friends that were willing to jump off of like like a, a set of stairs and I was always too afraid to do that. I, I think the fear of getting injured always overcomes me. So the idea of doing something like this, like I don't even know if I would feel comfortable sliding down it on my butt. You know, despite being in that leather working Cub Scout group. Yes, daddy, I'll do it. <laughs> so big props to her. Also, it reminded me the reason I brought that up or and, and the reason I thought about it is, did you play... Tony Hawk Pro Skater growing up. I love that game. Yes. You know, they're doing a remake of it, right? Yeah. I think one and two they're remaking. I will probably buy it. They are. People were able to play the demo. They had a like a early access that came out pre-beta and it is identical to what you're expecting. Just updated with modern graphics. And man, the nostalgia hit the same music, the same playlists, all the same like hidden areas for different like tapes and things you got to go find. Oh, and that sound every time you like landed a trick or fell off the Yep. Yeah. The, the record <laughs> scratch or whatever it was just brings me back. What also brings me back is back in the day I used to camp outside as as I've told on here. 
and I really was a big fan of looking up at the sky and imagining I could go to space. Can you relate? I can. We had uh, we had the NASA channel on a lot growing up. Nice. Did you for public access? Did you have a telescope? I didn't. I don't think we could afford a telescope. Yeah, they were they were expensive. They're definitely more accessible now, which is great. Oh, totally. There's this there's this user who posts to pics pretty regularly. Their name is, and I'm not doxing, but their name is A. James McCarthy. And he's got a sweet setup. But what he likes to do is take several hundred or several thousand pictures of the moon or of stars Uh or planets. And he composes them all together to create this ultra high resolution photo. And like right now, I have one of his photos as my phone background, but it's incredible the detail that he can get and that you can see here i'll post it for you oh this is an 85 megapixel photo 85 megapixels and you can zoom in you you can zoom in so far you're practically on the moon like that's how high quality this is just look at it for a second so what what i'm looking at guys is you can see color you can see texture so there's like these blue hues some some browns and grays it's incredibly detailed like Honestly, it feels like like a almost like somebody made a claymation version of it and has it posted on the back of like a update to what? what oh, God. Just like some space TV show. This effort it, from him took a telescope with a 2000 millimeter or at 2000 millimeters and capturing 24000 individual photos. How long does something like this take? That's a really good question. He does have a YouTube, and I'll link to that so that you guys can see it in the notes later, but it's it's insane, and he does this all the time. So if you find him as a user, which is the one I just said, you, A. James McCarthy, you can see all of his past pictures, too, and they're, they're all phenomenal. I think about when I look at something like this, and maybe the most profound part is the, the dedication to your craft. It goes right back to to that girl on that on that ramp. Some people are so dedicated to their craft that they're willing to spend hours, weeks, months, and years creating incredible works of art. Like that, I mean, that's what this is, right? Yeah. This is a photography piece of art. I think I've brought it up on here before, but it, it takes like 10,000 hours to become a master at something, which broken down and i'm bad at math but broken down i've heard is like three hours a day for 10 years wow that's why i'm so good at masturbation (laughs) i mean i get that done in in seconds man yeah you you've got the master in that for sure Uh, the the other part i was gonna uh, mention about this is growing up i like you because you and i have spoken about this also always looked to the stars and wondered was it what (laughs) continue i'm sorry Oh, okay. I always look to the sky wondering what more there was. And when you look at something like this with incredible detail, it just makes you think that like it's not just this like glowing thing up there. There's texture, there's details, and we just don't have the capabilities to see it until you see something like this. It's a destination, you know, and as as humans might intrinsically be explorers, like something like that that's just out there. Like I wanna go see it. I wanna be part of that world. How much would you pay to go to the moon? If it was accessible, accessible to to consumers, what would you pay? Well, I'd probably want a, a safe and reliable trip to the moon, right? 
So, yeah, yep. $10,000. That's your limit, huh? Well, I'm not made of money, Willie. We don't have the show sponsorship yet. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. This episode brought to you by Wayfair. Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. Fuck them. No. This baby? I, I think 10000 This baby can fit so many bodies amount. in here. But let's say, let's say you've been adding to your 401k. You've put in a bunch of money. You've invested a bunch of time. Now you're in your 70s. You have enough to retire on. You have enough to survive. You've made just enough to where you could probably live a, a bit frugally the rest of frugally, a bit yeah. frugal the rest of your life. But you could go to the moon for a hundred thousand dollars. Would you do it? No. You've already lived your life, man. That's it. This is the last big hurdle. Oh wait, am I gonna die there? No, 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 no. You're coming back. Are they gonna bury me on the moon? So yeah, I mean, we could if you wanted to. If I've lived my life and I got nothing left, what I'm doing is taking out as much debt as possible, flying to the moon, and then just like jumping out. Be like, just let my body. This is where I wanted to be. And like when you're done, when you're out of oxygen, just be like, I'm popping this thing off now. We're done. That's right. I'll just get out and run in our lifetime, (laughs) and don't come back. I hope in our lifetime we do reach that point where you like regular people are able to spend the money and go visit out of this earth locations. I think that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I thought you were going to say in our lifetime we get moon cemeteries. Oh, also amazing. What do you... Uh, Why not, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing stopping us from opening up the very first lunar cemetery, right? It, that would be so weird. You couldn't really visit your relatives, but we could hire James to take pictures of them uh, once a year. That's a really morbid thought. He's just like, I don't want to take photos of the moon anymore. Guys. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are really fucked up with this one. I, I, I'm going to blur out this section forever. <laughs> Speaking of fucked up, it, you, got any, you got any fucked up news from the week, Willie? You know, I do. It's more of like a, a thing that is all too common nowadays. So... Especially right now, the world, too many people in the world have decided that opinions are more important than facts. And there's a subreddit that both brings me joy and brings me sadness. It's called Not the Onion. Was that an opinion or was that a fact? That's a fact. Um, Not the Onion is, if you know what the Onion is, it's a a vegetable satire site that poses as real journalism to make outlandish comments that the first time you read it you go what the fuck why would somebody do that and then the more you think about it you're like okay that's not right it's it's the it's the gotcha the gotcha of news headlines right right but not the onion is what if those titles were real and this week it says anti-vaccine groups sue facebook claiming fact checking is censorship say what so it links out to an Ars Technica post, which breaks down what's actually happening here. But there is a anti-vax movement that is claiming that Facebook, who tagged some of their posts with misleading posts, which is surprising on Facebook's part in general, is yeah. suing Facebook saying that they cannot fact check us because that's censorship. Well, that's an interesting stance to take. Did we talk about this before? Have we talked about Facebook censoring and other places censoring? I feel like we have. Probably in a little, in some ways. What are your thoughts, both on both on social media sites choosing to not censor or censor people, and also maybe the broader topic of like anti-vaxxing being a, a real thing in general? Well, I feel that facts are facts until they're proven to not be facts. I don't 
understand the people who don't think like that. Science is real. It's been tested. It's been reviewed. And until it gets proven otherwise, it's, it's got to be taken as, as is. I, I'm, a, I'm a vaccinator, Willie. I don't know about you, but... I have also been vaccinated. Yeah, I believe in vaccines, and I haven't seen enough evidence that's real to tell me that they're bad overall for society. We, I hate the statement, but I think it's funny. We live in a society, Scott, where you can post one harmful thing. And I think this is where the inception of not the onion or the onion comes from, but you can post one harmful statement or article, or in this case, anti-vaxxing originated because one doctor posted a poorly, poorly done paper on vaccines and their potential harm and quickly then was told by many doctors in the field that's wrong it's just unequivocally wrong unfortunately it got published and then that doctor inevitably retracts their statement saying i was wrong it's not right but it was enough for an entire movement of people to say well we have to question everything this can't be real question everything i think to an extent that's important i i guess it, that brings back to the topic of social media. Do you think companies like Twitter and Facebook should police comments? On some level, especially if it's like a public health level, I feel it would be ignorant not to. When it comes to, when it comes to human lives, you, you have a responsibility, especially if you're a huge platform that people read day in and day out and are on 24-7. There is a responsibility for you as a company to make sure that the health of your user base is is thought of in some way, shape, or form. I, I find there to be a uh, like uh, like a, a big difference between a private company creating a platform for people to communicate, stating like we we don't condone hate speech. We're not going to be a place for this type of of comments to to go forward right you're a private company i feel like you have the right to be able to dictate what language is said it, i mean it's not it's not you sitting out in a park screaming to the void i you have every right to do that but when it's in somebody's private four walls i think that conversation changes a little bit yeah i mean if you're in a private space the, the owner has the right to ask you to leave or say play by my rules and, and at the end of the day i like this week has been one of those weeks for me, Scott, where if you post something, if you say words, you should be held accountable to that action. You shouldn't just be able to get get off scot-free, which means I think on a platform like this, that accountability looks like, well, that's wrong. That's just not right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of accountability, my my effed up post of the week is from white people Twitter. And it's a uh, it's a oh, what do we do now? Yeah, I know. It's a post that said, if cops came into your home in the middle of the night with a no-knock warrant for a suspect who was already in custody and murdered your sleeping family member, not one of you would be like, let's wait to hear all the facts. Fuck y'all. Arrest the cops who shot Breonna Taylor. Yeah, and, and the, um, the title of the post is Scream It Louder because I know people have been, but nobody's, nobody's listening enough. So back in, back in June, Scott and I... For those listeners who are just joining us and trying to figure out who these two people are, okay. we both live in Minnesota. So when George Floyd was murdered, it had a profound impact on 
both of us on our families, our relationships, it, it overcame us. And, and that was all we could think about for weeks, either through action, through reading, whatever it might have been. And this week is no different. And the, the conversation is continuing because it seems like as we, in actions we take every day, have tried to take three steps forward over the last three months, it seems like all of that was erased with Jacob Blake being shot seven times and still having inaction for uh, justice when it comes to Breonna Taylor and so many other situations. Yeah, there was there was a lot of commentary, as I'm sure you're aware. Some of the things that I found very interesting were somebody posted a comment that said, after everything that has happened up until this point, when it comes to George Floyd and Ahmaud Aubrey, the police in, we was in Wisconsin, right? I think Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha. Yep, Kenosha, yep. Wisconsin. The police in Kenosha, Wisconsin, still, after everything that had already happened, shot and didn't think twice. And that's how little accountability there is for police officers. Now, police officers have a dangerous job. But I think if you watch the video, which is it's very clear for everyone to see, there's other things that could have happened besides immediately shooting them seven times in the back. Yeah, and I don't want to mince my words, so I'm choosing them carefully when I say this. There is a difference between choosing to work a profession that puts you in harm's way and the unfortunate reality that many people in America have to live a life where they don't get to choose that same harm. Sorry, guys, uh, a black person can't take off their skin and say, I'm going to hang it up for the day. This doesn't affect me when a police officer can. I mean, it's thin enough to where they probably can. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Uh, can I bring? Did you see the protests happening in the sports leagues? Can you tell me about it? Because I, I vaguely heard about it. It's been a long week. Major League Baseball, NBA. I don't even know who's playing right now. WNBA, I think. They all. WNBA dedicated the entire season to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Yeah. They all did a at least one day or one game strike, and hockey didn't. Hockey kept playing, so still got some work to do. There was somebody on the Minnesota Wild who commented on that and said, I wish we would do more. Correct, yeah. In the WNBA, they made protest shirts on the day that they were going to, people called it a boycott, and it looked like handmade white t-shirts with seven bullet holes drawn in on the back, and on the front it they all spelled out as a team sitting next to each other, kneeling next to each other, Jacob's name. So it was it was pretty neat to see that, I guess, unity again. And I think the NBA has even talked about saying we shouldn't even play for the rest of the season until our owners, our, our billionaire owners, do something to show us that they care. Yeah, I, I don't think positive change is going to happen unless the people that hold influence over over us are willing to step up and support because i mean how much can we really preach to to our same small subset of followers the same message we're just not going to find movement it makes me so mad uh, it makes me so mad that people's minds can't be changed i i want to bring a, a little positivity towards the end of the show here as, as we approach that time limit this week on next fucking level there was this post that said how this guy deals with kids playing in his driveway. Did you see this? Yes. 
And I say that so excitedly because that's what I picked for my positive end too. Scott, wh why don't you tell me what happens in this video? So this dude has a security camera overlooking his driveway and he noticed that it was going off pretty much repeatedly on a certain or at a certain point in the day. And when he would go to watch it, it was a parent and their child biking past his house. And he, the child was on the sidewalk and his from this angle, it's hard to tell, but his driveway must be on a little bit of a slope because the kid would ride up it and then he would just kind of not pedal his way down and there would be a momentum. So some sort of obstacle for that small child. And what he decided to do instead of, uh, I don't know, posting signs or chains or pits of molten lava to keep the kids off his, his lawn, you know, instead of being an angry man. Get off my lawn! He drew with chalk a, a little racetrack or a little, a little track for the kid to follow. And that's just the first part where you're like, oh, that's so nice. Well, anytime it rained, he would go out and he'd put another track down in chalk. And he, he kept making new ones and new paths and stuff. Well, more and more people were riding past his house and other kids started riding on the tracks and adults. And it became like this neighborhood thing that people would just ride by this dude's house and <laughs> take take the track. What well, like what a great moment. I, I, I think if there's any message that both Scott and I want to preach out as loud as we can is be this dude, like make your space, make your your life open to others and especially ones where it's different than yours, right? Nobody's in like, no, this guy is not inconvenienced because this kid is trying to have some joy in his childhood. Now, yes. So embrace it. Conservatives, I get it. It's his private property. He technically has legal right probably to shoot the kid. However, just don't do that. Be inviting. Open yourself up. Get to know your neighborhood and your community. Over the last three, oh God, that's too short. Over the last nine to 10 years, I have had such a profound change in my life in terms of understanding who people are and what makes them different and why that difference provides so much value to me as a human being. And in turn, I hope that I can bring value to them as well. So while, yeah, change is scary, sometimes facing that 100 foot ramp is a terrifying reality, but taking that leap of faith that it's going to be okay is really important. And that's why I like you so much, Willie. So this week... <laughs> My pants are still on. <laughs> that's the other reason. But this week, it was a little bit more serious. And sometimes it's going to be a funny week. Sometimes it's going to be a down week, like the downer show we did the other day. Hopefully, we'll have more and more opportunities to be ultra positive all the time. But we're just part of the community, like you are. We go on to Reddit. We read the same things you do. And not everything can be a meme or a dank meme, or a prequel meme. So we just want to discuss with you what's going on in the community. And like it or not, we are a worldwide community. We're human beings on this one planet floating in the middle of the universe, the void, if you will, and we all have to take care of each other. It's just it's the only way it can work. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Uh, there's a sub for that. If you want to follow us, you can follow us uh, on Instagram. That's sub for that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, 
it's at sub for that. If you want to follow us individually, uh, you can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Garola, and you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash that's wild man. And just like our namesake, there's a sub for that.